What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. It is Thursday night, one night after our general podcasting time. But hey, Wednesday, Thursday, pretty much the same anyways. We head into the weekend. And first, before, as always, John is here with me. John, um, one, one, one thing that kind of sucks is you won't be out there in Vegas with us. But uh, just kind of want to shout out the people who are already out there in Vegas. I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of stuff on Facebook and Twitter of people um, ready, you know, just already out there in Vegas. So I'm kind of jealous of them. I won't get there until Saturday morning because my youngest graduates from high school tomorrow. So uh, shout out to JJ. He graduates from Monta Vista High. And uh, so I'll be at his graduation and then I'll fly out in the morning to meet and see and Hang out with all the people who are out there already in Vegas for double or nothing weekend. But you said that you're going to buy the show on pay per view, right? Yeah, just debating how which how I'm going to get it. Am I getting it on my Xfinity or am I going to get it on BR Bleacher Report Live? I'm just I just keep debating what I want to do. It's just you know like adding that price tag onto your bill. Yeah, just you know just just annoys me <laughs> you know I mean, i'd rather just you know pay for it separately or something i don't know why it's all the same thing in the end but like for some reason it's like the bill's already high enough it's like you want to add that on there it's yeah very nuts yeah yeah but it, it's it's kind of a little bit old school right because we're so used to watching everything on the wwe network or through the uh, new japan world like when's the last time you actually bought a pay-per-view <laughs> years and years ago <laughs> so i had the black box remember yeah and and then after that i mean we just i mean i guess well i guess 2008 i think we both it's like a collaboration with friends right yeah, so yeah. i never personally by myself bought my own pay-per-view you know so i maybe a ufc car i'm trying to remember which one it was but it's been it's been a long time actually and I'm just like debating about the because I know like Xfinity would be reliable, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, BR Live, I don't, like I have to I have to watch it later because my wife's going out with the girls and I'm like I'm daddy you know daddy at home with the kids mm-hmm. and kids go to bed around seven thirty. I don't watch wrestling them right now, so. You know, I'm gonna be watching this stuff late. So, like, how is the BR? Can I start it from the beginning? Right, you know, all right, that, right. All those, all those questions kind of go through my head, and I gotta make a decision relatively soon because it's how I want to do it. But, um, but yeah, I, I think I'm leaning more towards the Xfinity though because I just know, like, for sure, it's a click and it's reliable, and you know, I I could just DVR it and start it from the beginning. So. Yeah, we got so spoiled by watching all the shows at Big Dave's, we didn't have to buy anything. Am I telling this that you're leaving the keys? Like <laughs> I know, because he's yeah, he's got to record it too. Um, all right, so so today, I mean tonight's show, we're gonna talk just about only wrestling. Uh, we'll we'll catch up on some of the boxing stuff. Uh, you know, the Pacquiao and Thurman is signed. There was the crazy Deontay Wilder knockout. There's a great Muhammad Ali documentary out there right now called What's My Name on HBO, which is fantastic. Um, and then the, on the MMA side, you know, there's a show every week. And we talked last week about that UFC fatigue that we're all feeling. And I even brought that up 
on uh, on the Wrestling Observer radio show I did with Big Dave on Tuesday, uh, stemming from our conversation, I was just like, I wonder, you know, I I need to bring this up on that show too. So. Uh, all that stuff is out there, but we're just going to focus on wrestling tonight. We're going to focus on three main topics, and the first one is going to be uh, Money in the Bank, which was last weekend. Did you actually watch the entire show? Because I only watched like the back half of it. Um, not the entire show. I, I selected a few things to watch. I made sure I watched the whole Becky Lynch, um, Becky Lynch stuff. And I watched the uh, Men's Money in the Bank, and I watched Seth and AJ's match. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much where I, where I got to. Um, I thought uh, I thought AJ and Seth was about as good as a match as you're going to see on WWE TV because of the fact that they don't really let these guys go go crazy. But it was a really I thought it was a really well structured match. Um, the I, I always feel like. AJ Styles slightly undelivers or underdelivers on on big matches, but he, I thought he was really good here. So I thought Seth raised his game because I, I still feel like you know if we're comparing uh, talent, you know, AJ's probably slightly a higher level than Seth, but I thought Seth brought it and uh, a really good match. I you know for probably should have been uh, you know bef- uh, it should have been after the Kofi match because the Kofi match wasn't anywhere close to the to the. Uh, the value as a viewer of that. But, um, but yeah, I was really impressed with that match. And then the, uh, the money in the bank match, I didn't know that Brock was coming out, but the th- like, I, I, I was fine with it, right? Like it's, it was a hot shot. This is what WWE does these days is they want to shock viewers and stuff. The only thing I didn't like was Ali is about to grab this briefcase. Mm-hmm. Brock's music plays and Ali has to stand there for 20 seconds like the biggest geek of all time and he's got to stand there and have like the briefcase in his hands and not take it off the hook like he's just going to be in fear of Brock coming down that he gets frozen and he can't do anything that was the dumbest thing but the match was I mean the match was really good and the finish was what the finish was whether you liked it or not but that thing was like, oh, why? Why do they do stupid stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a typical hot shot and stuff. It's just gonna probably lead into the Saudi Arabia show on June seventh with you know Brock and Seth, which is apparently was going to happen anyways because Brock's definitely not missing that payday, and you know he doesn't care about all the political stuff. Mm-hmm. He just cares about the green, and and you know he's not missing that show. So I think I mean I would have liked to see them use this match to elevate someone, an Andrade or something like that. Um, it was crazy, typical Money in the Bank stuff. You know, a lot of crazy spots. That power bomb to Finn Balor by Andrade, and that, that was just nuts. And mm-hmm. they showed many, many replays and gifts all over that on oh yeah and stuff. oh yeah that's i mean that's literally why they do stuff like this now <laughs> yeah and then you know ali like you said like i'm sitting there like okay ali you're an exciting wrestler yeah you have yes you definitely have some talent but from now on you're just a geek to me yep you know i just see you as a mid-card guy you know i don't you know uh, you know it just it just the timing was off it was it was a uh just, he just became like the biggest geek and 
I think there's a reason why they had him up there because they're not going to make Randy Orton look like a geek, mm-hmm. right? So, so he got he got that spot, and you know, it's I mean people are against Brock winning yes, a lot of people outraged, but people tuned in. They hot shot a rating, you know, not not the greatest ratings ever done, but you know it's definitely better than what they've been doing. And uh, I just think I just don't think I would like to have seen Brock be gone for a lot longer than just a few, a few months, right? Or it's just Brock needs to be away for a while to be fresh again. I just don't see him being fresh, but you, you have to understand the business side of it, where Brock's coming from and where Vince is coming from, right? What he, what he needs. He needs something because this whole superstar shakeup's a bunch of baloney. It's definitely just hasn't gone, hasn't gone up at all. It's been confusing. And now they're introducing a new title that means nothing. Oh my god, that is the and, dumbest thing. Like, I, I see. I watched um, some of the segments on Raw. I watched SmackDown, and you know what that twenty four seven title reminds me of is like. It's like, how can I make my talent do some of the dumbest things that make them that that make me empowered like i'm gonna make our truth run around the whole building and i'm gonna have all the guys that i don't put on television chase him and and try and catch him and try and beat him up and he's just gonna keep running it's like it's almost like trained circus animals to me it's like i'm gonna it's the it's the three stooges type yeah yeah that's what it is really i mean it's just it's just a comedy belt but you're gonna run into issues when you have Bobby Roode doing something, or Ricochet, you know, or an Alistair Black. I'm not, sure, you know, who knows what they're gonna do with this? It's like you got to keep those guys away and leave it for the mid card. But at the same time, it's like we don't need this. Yeah, whoever it's, wanted the champion of the job or of the lower the low card, like the guy, the guys that Vince doesn't think are worthy of even barely getting on raw it's the champion of those guys which why do you need to be the champion of main events or the champion of wwf superstars like like, why do we need that i wonder if like the philosophy was like okay we got a lot of like unhappy people on the undercard let's give them something that's always gonna get them on tv always gonna keep them involved so they can you know they can't bitch complain that hey you didn't get no tv time right but at the same time, the TV time they're getting is just garbage time of uh, just looking like a moron or a geek. And mm-hmm. no one's going to get over with this title. I, I don't think so. No, not at all. Uh, and so, you know, we are we are coming up on the Super Showdown. It's going to be on Friday morning. I do If I don't have to cover that show, I don't want to watch it. So hopefully I don't have to watch it. Uh, but... It is like you said. It's it's a, it's a big money show for them, and they're they're trying to present it as if you get like WrestleMania, you know, a couple months later, something as as interesting as WrestleMania. You know, the funny thing about that show is, so you have Undertaker and Goldberg, which is you know legitimately like a dream match if if this was twenty years ago, right? And then you have um, Randy Orton and Triple H, and they built this match between Randy Orton and Triple H as if it was the biggest match 
of the year. Like they didn't, they, they put together this really, I mean, really package is well done. Like it was like a five minute TV package and it went through the history and it went through the evolution and, and the breakup and then Triple H throwing Randy Orton through his own window uh, and like went through so much stuff. And I sat there and I was like, man, I wish they would treat, you know, Seth Rollins's win, you know, with this much, uh, with, with this much celebration and, and, and video package like this. Like they, they, they pushed that thing like it was going to be next year's WrestleMania main event. And it's just a match that we've seen a million times on a show that is not going to get a lot of viewership, but because of the way their money deal works, it's going to be a huge money win for them. So, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing, but still, I was just like, man, can we like, like can can we talk about the the current product in the same way that we're glorifying, you know this this feud that has been going on since you know two thousand and four or whatever. Yeah, and that's why no one's getting over because they're folk. They always, you know, they 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 booked themselves into this corner a long time ago when every WrestleMania it was about the nostalgia, the nostalgia gag, right? It was mm-hmm. about bringing the Rock, bringing. Sting, bring in Goldberg, like that became the focus of WrestleMania. These, you know, part-time guys are just going to be here for one or two matches, mm-hmm. and the rest of the guys are just rest of the guys. They're just, they're just, you know, they're just, they're just really just mid-card guys, you know. And then every for a whole year we got them, and then until they try to pull something out of their hat for WrestleMania, but you know those cards are are they're, they get less and less in that deck the poll for WrestleMania and so that's why they need to start making the guys now superstars. And maybe the guys now, maybe hey, maybe the taint the you know, the the shines off on their on, on on them, you know? So maybe they need to do something else and hopefully new stars coming up. But I don't know man. W so it's so frustrating right now. And uh it's it's hard to watch. It's hard, you know, just it's it's a chore. I mean Money Bank honestly was a chore for me, you know, and and Saudi Arabia, I don't know. I might just watch it because I feel like we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but And I'm kind of curious to see Undertaker's Goldberg, just to see what the heck's going to happen. I don't expect a great match, but I want to see if they can pull off something, you know. But um, I, I had no desire to see Brock and Seth. And I love Brock, right? I'm a big Brock guy. I just don't desire to see it. And I definitely don't have a desire to see Triple H and Randy Orton. I just don't. It just it's it's a program that doesn't mean nothing anymore, and it's it's it seems like a. So if you look at the card though, looking on paper, you're like, wow, Goldberg versus Undertaker, Randy over Triple H, like like if you're just looking at it and then you start realizing what year you're in, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, never mind. You're like it's 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 a card that if I if I was playing WWE 2K19. And you could put together like a dream card of all, of all these created wrestlers. Like that kind of is what it looks like. But what about Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler? Holy cow! Yeah, because Kevin Owens doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. We get it's, they pulled out Ziggler. Well, and, uh, I, I don't know if you heard his promo, but holy crap, that promo was so bad. It was I like didn't a, hear it, but I heard. Uh, your commentary on it on our facebook group and uh that was that was that was, that was plenty enough uh just, it, it was you know. like it was like somebody who is so unhappy to be back mm-hmm. and they tell him to do this promo 
and he does the most ingenuine version of this promo as if almost like to say f you guys for making me say this stuff it was it was terrible but uh but i guess you know he 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 had to pull out of his whatever gig he was in and and uh, is going to now be on the show, and I don't know, may- maybe something good will come out of it. I don't imagine so. I'm, to, he, to me, he needs to uh, he needs to find something else to do for a little bit. And he needs I to. I think, you, and you and I predicted correctly. Like this, Kofi Kingston run is just. We knew after him winning it, the story of him winning it and winning it is fine. But like coming out of it, like they had nothing. Yep. And it's going to be a flop. Yep. So the one thing before we move on, because we're gonna, you know, we're a little bit fresher with WWE, and then we're, you know, there's this new hotness of AEW, and they got a big show this weekend. But a couple weeks ago, I guess maybe three weeks ago, I I said that I thought Becky Lynch was, you know, I, I would sell high on her because I don't think she's gonna really survive this bad booking, the non-opponents that she has, you know, them trying to push Lacey Evans, who's obviously not ready. Um, and, and just, you know, trying to stay over without Ronda Rousey in the picture. And while I don't necessarily know that I'm wrong in saying that, I do want to give Becky credit because she's, st- you know, it, it's, it's a little bit of grading on a lower curve right now, but she's still over with the, with the live crowd. She's still doing really good promos, and it's almost like she's making the best of what is kind of a lame situation. So, you know, I know I've been hard on her in the past, but I feel like she's done a really, really good job these last few weeks in an almost a no-win situation. Um, you know, we end up with with uh, having Bailey as the, the SmackDown Women's Champion uh, through, you know, through Charlotte winning and then Becky and then Bailey cashing and, and Becky, you know, had to wrestle two matches in a row. So... You know, all that stuff is kind of like goofball stuff that she's just got to make the best of. But I think she's doing a pretty good job. I still worry about if she can stay over, but she's. I think she's carried herself. What you know, the, from the the whole WrestleMania thing to being super hot. I think she's carrying herself like a star, and that comes across to me on TV when there's not a lot of people on WWE TV today that are carrying them like a star. So I just wanted to kind of give credit where credit is due for Becky. I've been really impressed with her these last few weeks. Yeah. And I thought the whole story with her match with, you know, Lacey Evans and to Charlotte and to Bailey catching. I thought that was really well done. I thought that was, that was like good WWE, right. Creative. Right. I think, um, I mean, I think Bailey kind of got the Sasha spot. I kind of felt like Sasha would have had that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought that was pretty cool, well done. It got a great reaction. Cashing in the the money in the bank always gets a really great reaction. And now let's see the follow up with Bailey. How will they do? I think there's a, some really good potential there with Bailey, especially her as a heel um, would be a good thing, especially for someone for Becky to kind of have a new fresh opponent. You know, going forward in the summer, I think that would be a positive. Uh, I thought the match with Lacey Evans and Becky was what we expected. Um, I know a lot of people are hard on Lacey Evans, and it's not really her fault they Mm -hmm. kind of rushed her into this. No, but watching her, watching her athletic ability, watching that she has, she does have a presence. She does work her character. 
um, I see what they see in her, right? Oh, yeah. I see oh, the yeah. excitement. Oh, yeah. And it's just unfortunate how they built up her debut. You know, you just you can't say, you know, put her out on TV to walk to the ring and leave various different moments on different cards and shows is way to build someone up. It's not. She needed vignettes. She needed to get her character over. Mm-hmm. This her title shot should happen should happen sometime late this year or early next year. You know, like but you know, wow, I mean I think I think she did all right. I mean there's some mistimed stuff and you know, she's has been you know, she didn't come from the independent scene. She wasn't wrestling a long time. But you can tell she's a really good athlete. You can tell she wants to, you know, be better and learn and be in. And I think she'll be she'll be really good. It's just unfortunate, like they did this too early and not and wait till where she really got the experience wrestling more and more on the house shows and getting better in the ring. Yeah, and then put her in the situation that just they just mistimed it. But they, you know they rushed something, they rushed her up and they rushed. Russia's program, and then that was a big mistake. So let's move on to Double or Nothing, which is this weekend in Las Vegas at the MGM. I will be out there. Tons of people I know will be out there. A bunch of people who are in our Facebook group will be out there. And I think... you know, we we have some thoughts on on this card, and and, and we'll, we'll go into them in a second. But... I think the thing to lead off with is uh, this whole situation with Pac and Adam Page and them doing the match before this show and not doing the match on this show because of inability to uh, to come to an agreement on you know how, how you want the finishes to happen on this match. And so, long story short, Pac being the Dragon Gate champion and being someone who understands his value in the, in the wrestling organization I mean in the in the wrestling world wrestling business um, he does not want to necessarily uh, lose right now because of those two factors I think he's undefeated since he's been back in uh, in Dragon Gate and it's not even really this match with with Adam Page because I think I'm not 100% sure but from what I understand is he was going to win the match there was going to be a future program with one of the top, top guys, probably someone like Omega, that he would have had to lose. And I think that's where the that's where the frust or the, the, the disagreement or the um, the change in the booking happened is because it's like, OK, if we can't get there, then there's no reason to get here. And let's just sort of figure out what we can do in the future and down the line. And, and there may be some other things that that you know, they need to sort of figure out with him, but they did have a match in, um, uh, it was, uh, AW put it on their YouTube page and it, it was a good match. The ring was kind of small, but, uh, you know, the finish was what the finish was and why AEW didn't want to do it on their pay-per-view, which was uh, a disqualification. But, uh, what did you think about that whole situation? You know, as someone who has had to deal with, people who maybe did not want to uh, lose or couldn't lose for whatever reason and you have to kind of change your plans like what did you think about that whole situation and how it kind of resolved itself I mean I never really had an issue because I was always up front early you know with that person if I had a feeling or had you know if I thought that they were going to have an issue with losing I would bring it up 
early before we even announced the match or even booked the guy, right? I I don't understand how this happened. Like, how does not get this get smoothed out before they had Pop come to uh, was that Florida when they had the rally and mm-hmm. front Adam Page? Like, how do you not get this all cleared and know what you're going? It's just, I mean, Kenny Omega should know the Japanese wrestling company mentality of like they don't want their champion losing right Pac, you know he you know it has to protect his value in japan right and his value within dragon gate and his value i mean a lot of guys should think like this right it's not a good thing you know yeah he's probably he was probably winning he's probably gonna face omega for the newly created AEW championship and omega is probably gonna be the first champion right and by beating Pac. And it would have been a great match, and I'm sure they would have killed it. And star ratings galore, right? Yeah. But you know, how they not clear this? How can not th- think this through? Like, how they not talk about this? And you know, are you gonna hold? Is it gonna be okay? And so, well, as long as I'm not Dragon Gate champion, I can do a job. But you know, but how long are you gonna hold the title? Like, we'll talk to the office, work with Dragon Gate. There's a lot of great stars they could bring over and talk about. Look, like, why does not get cleared? I, I just this shit drives me insane and it's happened i've seen it happen on the indie level where a star is booked and it's like did you can you do a job well i don't know we'll find out when it shows up like well that's the that changes everything we want to do for the future or something or what you're gonna do next like you should have that in the clear now so you don't give the fans some disappointing match you have to add another guy in or uh, lane disqualification finish like they got in this match i watched the match the match is you know pretty good um for me like my style of wrestling what i like wasn't my taste because i just i kind of got desensitized all the moves they're doing and nothing you know nothing it just was a lot of crazy moves and they they're great athletes and it was fun to watch them execute them but like i wasn't really brought into that story of the match and the disqualification was just you know the lane with the referee and all that stuff but I don't know. I just, I just don't understand how they do not get this cleared before the rally, before they get. Because I, I mean, on the if you're watching, you know, I was looking at the card. It's probably one of the matches I was looking forward to the most to seeing. I thought that would have been a, a hell of a match, and and but you know, I just didn't, it's, it's, it didn't happen. I just don't get it, man. It's just, uh, it's kind of like a kind of a little bit of a red flag. When it comes to AEW, but you know, we'll see what happens in the future when it comes to other stuff. Well, it's it's. I think it's a you have to treat it like an educational situation. Mm-hmm. You are going to have to, you know, someone like Pac. You know, you're like, oh yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna love working here, and and he's gonna you know, maybe maybe he'll bend over backwards to do certain things for us. He knows, you know, he knows the deal. And then you have someone like Pac who's like, look, I told WWE to fuck off, <laughs> you know? He's like, I, I, I told those guys that I didn't want to work for them. So that, to me, tells you where he stands as far as knowing his own value. And uh, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't I don't make this about him at all. Like, look, he he thinks he's got, you know, he's got a situation where he, he's, he wants, he's, he's the top guy in his company and he's not going to be treated like anything but. And so I get that part from the AEW side. I don't really, 
that you know there this stuff happens a lot you know i, I always go back to uh the wwe show before wrestlemania where it was uh was it was supposed to be uh it was daniel bryan against ali right or no, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan against Owens or something like that. And then, you know, just right before the show starts, it's like, oh, they make it, you know, they, they, they add Ali to the match. And so WWE does this all the time where they just change their mind. It's not because their feet are against the fire, like in this situation, but they do do that a lot. So if you're going to get pissed at AEW for that, it's like, yeah, you know, you should be mad because that was going to be a really good match. But this happens a lot, and it happens in WWE all the time. Um I think the the way that I would look at it is like, look, if this becomes the norm, then yeah, there's something going on. But if they can learn from this and go, okay, we just gotta, you know, we just gotta make sure we have all of our I's dotted and our T's crossed. And this was just one where we gotta learn from it. So I'm totally fine with it, especially because that this is a uh, this is a sold out show. It's a pay per view. This is not weekly TV. They're gonna have to figure some of this stuff out. And you know, I think, I think we can we can hold them to to it because it is a it is a thing where they advertise something that's not going to happen so they should definitely get a little bit of uh, whatever it is for that but at the same time just go like okay like it happened and let's see how it goes from here on out so if they learn from it cool uh hopefully they're they're a little tighter the the next time but like you said if the if this is a true red flag we'll also see that and we'll have to call them out on it in the future like nobody is you know i'm not saying that oh you know you should give give them a break just because they're new or just because they're AEW. i'm like no you know this happens and they just gotta learn from it so that's kind of how i look at the situation yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I mean, no. I agree with I agree with you're saying, but like, I just, I just, I want to know where was the communication breakdown, like, because it had to happen somewhere, obviously. And now as we're getting closer to the match, it just, I would have been okay if I found, like this was like a month ago, maybe, and it can, but like, it was just what last week or so mm-hmm. that all this drama came out, and it's like it just, just wow, you know, like. Get get that stuff covered early on, especially before you announce the you know you're you're announcing this rally and have him come out and you're hyping this match and getting your fans excited about this match, and now you you, know, you give it to him you know quote unquote by you know having on the show in in the UK and good on AEW for paying the wrestlers their money and I'm sure that promoter didn't you know was happy as can be but like like come on man but you know like I said let's let's see if they learn from it and I think I. I mean, I think they will. I think Tony Khan's definitely gonna be a little more uh, stricter with things and maybe oversee a little bit more now because uh, they uh, it's kind of a little, kind of a little egg on their face a little bit, just a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they're. I think all in all, in the end, AEW has some really smart people, you know, running this company, and, and I, I think they're gonna do well. And I, I'm more curious, like I said, about the TV and how that's gonna be, and yeah, yeah. how Week Four and Five is gonna look, you know. All right, so let's look at this card. Uh, I think we both have the same thought about it, which is, um, you know, it looks great. It's going to be a fun show, but a lot of sameness on it, not a lot of variety. Uh, you know, not a lot of, um, uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, true, um, vindictive feud. Like, you know, you'll you'll get some of that in Jericho and Omega because Jericho will make it make sure that it that it's in there. But, you know, you look at the stuff, you know, no blood feuds on this show, really. 
lots of you know high flying, lots of high spot kind of matches. You know, Cody and Dustin will be interesting for for what it is, uh, and and uh, but yeah, it's just like it's just a lot of a lot of stuff that that you would see at a you know at a PWG show or whatever, which is great. But when it comes to trying to add a casualness to your fan base, you know that this whole same same kind of style is uh, is going to be interesting to see how it works. And I personally, I would have liked a little bit more variation here, especially on uh, on a really big show. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the card and I'm like, wow, it's a lot of same styles, you know, and which which which. I was noticing as talent kept being announced for being signed to AEW, like I was just saying the other day, like, where's the monsters? Mm-hmm. Where's the big man? Where's the ass kickers? Right. And that's what was so great about wrestling in the past. There's all this variety and you had these big guys, and tough guys. You had the slick technical guys. You had the quick guy flyers. And here we just I feel like we have a lot of guys that could do a lot of the similar stuff, you know. Like to me, like Chuck Chucky e. T and Beretta are no different than the Young Bucks, right? So, and you know, it's this all the same kind of style, and we're gonna see the million of the same stuff this whole show, uh, minus some of the I think like the girls match will be different. I think um, the OEW um, match will be. A little different. I think people are expecting the OEW match to be what they see on those clips of those Chinese wrestlers doing a lot of crazy and wacky choreographed spots. But like what they're getting is three really talented, solid workers, a potential superstar in T Hawk, um, a guy who I would think EAW is looking to kind of build up and be a singles competitor against guys like Omega, etc. And, you know, so I'm looking forward to that match. And love it's love it's like I just feel like it's gonna be very choreographed. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's the style now. It's the style now. But like where's the where's the technical guy? Where's uh, the brawler? I guess Jericho will bring that, right? That's what we expect. Yep. From Jericho. So um, well, we'll see. Yeah, there's no uh there's no Tim Thatchers on this show, that's for sure. No Tim Thatchers, no, I mean, Dr. Dusty, William types, no no guys, no freight train guys that are going to steamroll dudes and kick ass. Like, I was just watching a clip of, like, Scott Norton. Like, man, where's a Scott Norton these days? The guy that comes to the ring, you're like, holy shit, this guy's mm-hmm. a monster. AEW has a bunch of guys that can do a lot of moves and a lot of athletic, athletic stuff. Cool, but, like, after i seen a five-hour show of it, like, I'm done by hour two, you know? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, totally. Um, so let's go over the card. I'm and I, I can't say that I know everybody on on in these matches. So you know you'll you'll probably will help me out with some of this stuff. But um, the first match I think is going to be Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara. And when I went to the uh, the AEW uh, ticket release uh, press conference, um, Sammy Guevara was there. Uh, he was definitely, um, uh, I wouldn't say he came through like a major star, but he's definitely has the, 
the look and he definitely tries really hard to get his character over and I know that when it comes to in the ring like that's where he's really gonna shine but I, I was kind of impressed by him I thought he was a cool guy and I, I think he's a pretty good signing for them but I can't I don't even I, I'm not even sure who Kip Sabian is so you're gonna have to help me out with that one Oh, I'm with you, man. I don't, I don't really know too much about Kip Saban either. But I just this is matches on free on the pre-show, right? Yes. So it's it's the get the people excited, get the people, get them some action. Um, I do know Sammy Guevara. Seen many of his matches. Um, I think he's a good prospect to get. And um, I haven't seen it, but I hear great reviews of his work in PWG as mm-hmm. a heel. Um, so that that excites me. You know that I think that that's great. And I, he, there's matches there to get a bunch of high spots in, get people excited, like, oh man, this is nuts, let's keep watching. Yep. So, and they own that pay per view. So, I think they're in a, they're as smart to put them on this pre show. So, the 21 man casino battle royal, which the winner of this match is going to receive, or I guess be the, the, the number one or number one A contender. Yeah. For the AEW World Championship. So the winner of this match will face the winner of Jericho and Omega. And if you look at the people at least announced <laughs> in this match, you're like, I mean, maybe 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 Billy Gunn is like the biggest the biggest name. Well, I think <laughs> I mean, he's not the biggest name, but he you know, he's he's like the most well known of, well, of all the guys. Have they announced all twenty one? I don't think so. So yet, right? there's four there's four guys left. So l- let's go through the people. So Sonny Kiss Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier, Brian, Brian Pillman Jr., Sunny Days, uh, MJF, Joy Janela, Dustin Thomas, who I don't I don't know, uh, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, Michael Nakazawa, Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark K- Quinn, Ken Luchasaurus, the uh, Sean Spears, and uh, there's four folks who have not yet been announced. So. I think what I think the the way the match works is wasn't Joey Janela in this match too? Janela, I thought he was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in it. I, I mentioned him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, of the list you're giving me right now, I mean, my heart says Jungle Boy, right? But that's something that Jungle Boy it should be someone that they're building from a year or two now. Yeah, right? two that's, yeah two years from now, Jungle Boy's yeah a little bit bigger and 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 in the picture. Yeah, definitely minimum a year, two years to be would be great uh the only guy that kind of stick out was joey janela because he has a, such a you know he has a pretty big following for this crowd mm-hmm. and sean spears right but but then again he like sean spears just as ty zilger came off of wtv as a low card you know guy right yeah, he, he so, would have been he would have been chasing our truth around in the back yeah like, like sean pierce sean spears big draw for APW June fifteenth comes to the <laughs> with Thatcher, right on the independent level. Like, yeah, big draw. Yep. But like, I'm talking about TNT. Yep. I'm talking about a match versus Omega, maybe, or Jericho. Like, is that the match that you want the, this to be about your first championship match? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So what's interesting to see who who those four spots. Are left. I hope they have some really good surprises in store for us. I think they do. Um, supposedly, the scenario that they had before has been changed a little bit with the Pac situation, and they say that 
this is even better. So, I mean, AW has been doing overall great with a lot of decisions. So I'm hoping out for the best. But right now, like if I'm sitting and looking at that battle royal, which honestly I like the concept. I think it's kind of funky and cool and something different, and that's what they kind of need to do. And I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, right now, if you're trying to sell me like one of these guys is gonna go and challenge for the title, I'm like, uh, give me someone else, and <laughs> let's hope that, and let's hope that four spots, you know, there's that guy. So the way the match works, there are going to be uh, five guys coming in at a time. And once they get to 20, then there will be the last person, whoever's the luckiest person to get in the ring, will sort of be in there and clean it up. And there's been talk of Dean Ambrose. I think if Dean Ambrose was in this match, I think that is a good enough surprise for him to face Jericho or Kenny Omega for the title. I I do think that's big enough. I do think people will go crazy for him. Uh, The other person I think who we may get is uh, Adam Page as number 21 because of the fact that he was supposed to face Pac. Now he's not. Now he's not even in a match. So I do wonder if he is that 21st guy. I know, you know, I mean, they're really high on him and maybe he becomes the, uh, the one, a contender for that championship. But outside of those two guys, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been trying to think who's out there and who's available. Uh, and maybe Tony Khan's got like this, surprise just you know under his sleeve like just waiting to unveil that none of us have been able to figure out and if so like more power to him because you know today trying to keep secrets in wrestling is almost impossible but uh but yeah like outside of those two guys i'm not sure who's else is out there to to you know to be that guy maybe it's the rainmaker I mean that would be awesome like that like <laughs> that like, like, like 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 that's what i told you know Meltzer it was like I was like, uh, you know, if if it's if it's uh, Okada or Tanahashi, then sure, <laughs> like fantastic, I'm in, <laughs> you know. But then they would, you know, they're they're not working with uh, with those guys right now, uh, and I, I don't know if they're if those guys are actually working um, this weekend in Japan, which would not allow them to to do it. They're not. On, that's when does Super Junior stuff actually involve everybody? Uh, but I think. Okada's been on the undercard and Naito's been on the undercard. Okay, so then, so so then they're probably not able to do it anyways. Yeah. I still wonder this whole Jericho at Dominion thing is the olive branch between AEW. I mean, I know Jericho has in his contract that he can do his own thing with New Japan. I still see. I I think I think something's up with that, and I I think I think AEW and New Japan will be working together sooner than later. I, I think. I hope so. I sure hope so. I don't, know. I don't know. I just think they need they need they both need each other, you know. But actually, New Japan is doing pretty good right now. Like you know, things are there hasn't been that big of a drop off. Except for that, except for that Dallas show that I'm going to, that I won't be able to give my ticket away for. True, the Dallas show's down. But like when it comes to subscriptions for the New Japan World and stuff, like you know, they're getting a lot more stuff from the UK fans and Australia fans, and and so you know, they're 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 doing pretty good. Actually, I should be able to get my ticket away because I, I have two. So I'm trying to figure out how to I, I, rather than sell the second one, I just might try to find someone who's interested. In, in What's the date on that show? Mm, it's in July. It's like uh, after the weekend after Fourth uh, of July, I think. 
Man, I'll talk to the boss of bosses. <laughs> yeah, right. ticket your, tickets yours if you want it. We we could we could record stuff like it, it would be fun. Um, oh, so let, let's get to the rest of the matches. SoCal Uncensored, Daniels Kazarian, Scorpio Sky against the Stronghearts, Shima T Hawk and El Lindeman. You, I, I mean, you you've seen more of the Stronghearts than I have. Like, what do you? Mm-hmm. What's your expectation for this one? Uh, they're they're gonna shine and 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 SEU is gonna really make sure to do shine because it's a I think it's important for AEW to have I mean SEU already has a following here in the United States they're 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 you know they're well known but OEW um, strong hearts aren't right so it's and T Hawk is superstar potential like he's like I said earlier he's a guy that they should build build up and have matches with Omega and Cody and Paige and stuff and make make him one of the the top guys because he has that superstar presence. Mm-hmm. And Al Lindemann, I mean, he's just he's just phenomenal talent and has the ability to be such a, a totally Blanchard type of a pesty heel within the group. And Seema, he's always been great and he's so charismatic, but but you know, T Hawk is so young and looks great, wrestles great. Uh, they, I mean, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see Omega versus T Hawk, um, in the down the line, maybe within like within the the year or so to see that match. So, I'm excited. That's that's a, I definitely want to see that because I'm a big fan of all three of those guys. So we also got best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta against Angelico and Jack Evans, and this is kind of what you were saying with uh, you know sort of that the high flying high spot kind of match. It's the same match as Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. I'm sorry. It's just, it's going to be similar, you know, really. I mean, the moves might be a little different, but the same kind of tone and vibe of the match is going to be the same. We also have Aja Kong, and I'm going to – I don't know these names, so bear with me with the pronunciation. Aja Kong, Yuka Sasaki – sorry, Yuka Sakazaki, Emi Sakura versus – Hikaru Shida, Ryo Abe, and Ryo Mizunami. I don't know anybody but Aja Kong in this match. Yeah, Aja Kong's there to be the legend, and that people still it's a hardcore name that people know, not the casual audience, right? But she's the she's the legend of the group. Uh, my personal favorite is Hikaru Shida, who's an actress that did wrestling in a movie that ended up liking it and it became a wrestler um i mean she's very attractive um she's i think she's a superstar but i mean i I was thinking like you know if i had a promotion i had some money behind it like and you know and i was gonna have a women's division which i would like i would definitely sign her up because she looks like a star she's talented and i I I think hopefully someone that they really do build around which when when they announced that she signed i thought okay definitely definitely they got some smart people you know because i think she's it's it's an omega pick is what it is yeah yeah you know omega's doing the women's division so um i think it's great and i'm looking this is a part of the second one match i'm really looking forward to because you know the, the women always bring it especially the japanese women so they should they should go out there and just just it's gonna be like Russell Ward night to one with Miss A, Miss A, and, uh, and Mickey Honda. Yeah, we, you know, it's just gonna go out there and do a bunch of cool stuff. But now, in 1991, 
it was really cool because no one on that car was doing that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. These girls are doing the same stuff the men are doing. So, I mean, we'll see, right? We also have Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. I'm really interested in seeing um, Kylie Ray. I, I mean, I'm interested in seeing this match just because I know, you know, they, they, they do want to focus some on the women. And you got Brandy um, Runnels, who is very outwardly saying, you know, if, you know, we need to make equal pay and, you know, if, if, if the, if the women are on the same, you know, uh, in the main event spot or whatever, they should make the same as the men. And she's been very adamant about that, which doesn't mean that, you know, every woman is paid the same as every guy, you know, it definitely depends on where, where you are on the card and how you are as a draw and all that, I'm sure. But it is an attempt to, uh, take what WWE has done with the with the women as superstars and you know put them on equivalent footing with the men now I don't know that they have those women yet who can be that you know that main event they don't have a Ronda Rousey if they did uh, I, you know then I, I would sort of understand where she's coming from but you know the, I think this is also like a long game for her for them you know Brandy is is uh, a very I wouldn't necessarily say good spokesperson yet because I see some things from her that I don't necessarily agree with or think that they're maybe for the, you know, for the best of the promotion. But then I also see stuff like there's an undefeated piece on her today. Undefeated is like the culture website of ESPN. It was very strong and it showed her uh, her passion and and what she could actually do. And so I I think stuff like that is great. But, you know, I'm kind of intrigued with what they can do with the women's division that is different than what has been done historically. Um, and I think they'll have their work cut out for them, at least in the beginning. But um, have you seen any of these women uh, wrestle before? Yeah, I've seen all three of them. Uh, I've seen, I mean, I've seen Britt Baker, but I haven't seen uh, the other two. Um, I think Kylie Ray has the ability to be um, the top baby face of that division. Um, she has such a lovable, likable kind of character mm-hmm. that I think people will, could grab onto. She just needs to find that villain, that that heel, that to be her rival. I think might be Britt Baker, but I think they, I don't know. They, I, think, I don't know if she's going to be a baby face or not. But I can see I, Isaac Yankum DDS <laughs> for <guess> real. <laughs> I I wouldn't have Kylie win this man. I would have probably Britt Baker go over. Uh, Nyla Rose, I've seen. I haven't been honestly too impressed by her. Nothing really stood out. I mean, I mean, she has a great story, transgender wrestler. But I think you know, Oscar in Japan's even a, a better of the two. So I, I'm surprised they didn't get her. Maybe there was contract stuff they couldn't get her yet. But um, I think you go Britt Baker here in this match. I think it's a, I think she's a good starting point. Um, I think you know the division's just going to get better. Um, there's going to be like you know when Tessa Blanchard comes available, right? They're going to go hard for her. Um, so that would be though. Um, Jordan Grace seems to be open. You know, with that <laughs> funky, funky shenanigans. So is Dixie Carter back at TNA? Oh my god, what, what's going on over there? Um, so I mean, she'd be fantastic to add an add to this division. I think she will be there here sooner than later. Um, but yeah, I think I think Kylie is definitely the potential to be that draw. Not going to be overnight, but you know, someone that you build up and build up and build up that big championship win. I think, uh, I think 
her challenge for the championship on a show could be a great main event rating if they if they if they if they book it correctly. And then we have, I think, what most would consider to be the top three matches. Uh, you have the Young Bucks against the Lucha Bros, and this is for the AAA World Tag Team Championship. Uh, uh, the Young Bucks showed up on the last pay per view. Um, and uh, and won sort of an impromptu match to win the titles. And so they will defend it here on the AEW show. I, you know, I think, like you said, we sort of know what this match is going to be like coming in. I do believe, though, that the, these guys also know that, and they also see the sort of the same sameness on the card. I think... You know, I, I, you know, we're not talking about uh, changing styles here and all of a sudden going, you know, going for side headlocks, you know, like, you know, this is not Randy Orton here. But I do think they're going to change it up a little bit because uh, they, there is there's I think there's an expectation. And if you if you're you know, they may just or they may just do like a four and a half, five, you know, four and three quarter, five star match, which I think everyone will be fine with. But I, I kind of feel like they they may change a little bit up to to, to, to uh, not have the match that sort of everyone expects them to have. Well, you know, Young Bucks don't get credit for this, but they're they're good storytellers. Yep. And we've seen that in their last what year in New Japan when it came to like, I enjoyed the stuff that Matt was doing with his back. And I mean, I'm sure some of it's based on reality right? yeah you yeah. know but like i like the creativity that they use to get into that stuff with his injuries his back and how they use that and um so i can see them doing that in this match which i hope they do yeah but they work with <laughs> they i mean i like the lucha but i think ray phoenix is a sensational talent to watch penta is just oozes charisma doesn't need to do much anymore just goes to Romero and you know what I mean like it's all he needs to really do um but can they be those guys that take advantage of the back or something like that right can they work that style with them mm-hmm. because I mean I've seen the Lucha Brothers have some funky matches like case in point <laughs> MLW with the yeah, yeah 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 like you're thinking I'm thinking oh this match is gonna be nuts and ended up breaking down and, and end up being like oh my god someone pulled a plug now yeah, they just not have any chemistry together. Yeah, but um, so so we'll see. And then this match is, you know, leading into, you know, Bucks are working the Lucha Brothers again in in Mexico coming up on their, I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but it's like their equivalent to the SummerSlam show. Yeah. So yep. So are the Bucks going to be champions going in? Or I have a feeling they will. So I think that can see the Bucks retaining here. The other match, and we talked about this. I don't know about probably about a month ago in the the. Uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, we have taken that segment from the podcast about a, a month ago where we talked about this match and we talked about the build up to this match. So that's on the YouTube channel. If you want to go fight game podcast uh, YouTube channel, we talked about that. So now the match is here. Uh, it is Cody. It is Dustin. I think a lot of wrestling fans really wanted them to have this major program because they wanted it, you know, several years ago was four or five years ago and now we have it now you know dustin is uh, a lot older he is um kind of uh i i would say that it's interesting how people think about him because you and i have been able to watch his entire career really since day one 
So we have a little bit of a different perspective because we saw the natural and we saw someone who we thought was going to be like the next, you know, Barry Windham or whatever, or whoever it was going to be because he's just so good at such an early age. And then, you know, goes to WWF and, and changes his character completely, uh, becomes, you know, one of their most intriguing gimmicks that they ever created. And then, you know, had just an up and down career. Uh, after that, you know, he did some stuff with Booker T, which was kind of fun. You know, he even though he had to do like the the stuttering stuff, um, but he was always I, I was always rooting for him, pretty much no matter what. Like even when he was going through all of those problems, and when he was probably a major dick to a lot of people, I just always rooted for him because I was like, man, you know, this Dusty's kid, and I loved him. You know, when as he was coming up, I want to see him succeed. And now he's like the veteran, like he's like the, you know, one of the old, I think he's probably, as far as someone who is uh, talent, he is the oldest guy on the roster. He's got to be older than Jericho. And I am hoping that he gets the perfect send off if this is going to be it for him. It may not be because we've talked about them possibly becoming a tag team. But whatever it is, I just really, really want to see this match be as good as possible more for Dustin than for Cody because Cody's going to be you know this is Cody's deal here he's going to be around for a while but man I'm really really rooting for this match maybe more than any other match on the card yes and yeah yeah same here I'm, I'm with you on the whole Dustin thing I hope he does have that great performance if it's his last performance um you know coming back from double knee surgery um we'll see how he holds up and what they do and how this Dustin Rhodes character because he teased you know the the black and red makeup and you know how that's gonna play into it and maybe this is Dustin Rhodes last match but not his new character's last match mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. that could be something to look out for so um I hope it's good I know they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can to make it good um it's gonna be emotional so yeah it, it should be one of the highlights yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we get the main event, Jericho and Omega. You you already mentioned that Jericho is also facing Okada, so I wonder if that ties into what they do here. But it is a rematch of one of the best matches from uh, from last year. You know, it, it was a year of tremendous matches, but that was uh, that was a match where I really thought. You know, Chris Jericho's fucking genius. <laughs> and I hope they can do it again. You know, Omega's great. He's so athletic and he's so thoughtful. And he's so, uh, you know, he, he knows when to make things, you know, look fantastic. And he's got cardio. Like, he, he is really the total package. But I have, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be Jericho's match again. Like, he's the vet. He's the heel. Uh, he's, the, he's the one that knows how to work on this stage. And I, I, not to say that I don't think it'll be as good, because if I say that, then, you know, Jericho's whole thing in his career is like, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I don't, I don't want to say that because I do have belief in him. But um, I think if this match is only good and not great, I think that's going to be a slight thumbs down for the show. I think it'll be, it'll affect the show a little bit. I think... I think a lot of what people think about this show when it comes to the big matches is going to depend on what they think of this match. Mm-hmm. And I really, really hope they can 
they can pull it out like they did in in uh, in Japan, and for for the sake of the pay per view too, because you know they they want momentum going into that TV, and if Jericho and Omega tear the house down again, like that you know that 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 that's gonna really put a cap on this night as a, as a successful night. Yeah, what's and what is the like? How does this result play into you know Omega? I mean uh, Jericho versus Okada. Like does does AEW does you know want you know their ch- guy that's going to be challenged for the championship to lose to Okada just a you know a month later or a few weeks later right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that look to them or do they care? You know, does New Japan put the title on on Jericho and have him not wrestle for you know during the he doesn't need to wrestle during the G one right? Yeah, that could be something that look out for. I kind of been thinking about what they might do, but I hope not because that's like to just keep hot shot in the title this year, which would, you know, which made the you know IWGP title so prestigious is that you know it's it has long reigns and great title fences. So, but this match here, um, yeah, we'll hold up to that match from the Tokyo Dome. Um, hard to hold up for that one because that, that was really good. So I, I expect to create a the creative minds of both these men's that work on overtime here. And I expect something completely different. I expect some blood from Jericho. Um, it's no disqualification again, right? Uh, good question. I'm not exactly sure. I'm guessing. Well, you know, I don't know because it's the sports presentation, right? Is the, I, it's, but I, 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 I I expect the referees to let it go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, will it hold up? If it doesn't hold up, will people be disappointed? Um, I think overall this show is going to have a positive reaction, no matter what, you know. And I think, uh, I think, I think they're going to have a great match. I think those guys are just too smart not to have a good match mm-hmm. and not to, not to top their first one, um, and. I, I used to see Omega winning, though. I, I do, because I think that's who they want to be their first champion to 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 carry the TV show early on. Yeah, no, I, 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 I very much hope that you're right. I will say uh, I'm so interested in the telecast that I'm kind of bummed that I'm going to be there live because I want to see how these guys work together with, uh, with Jim Ross. Uh, I think... Uh, Me too. I, I, I'm with you there. I, I, I think Jim can be a tremendous asset as long as it's not the Jim show. Like, I think he's probably the best guy still for the job, but if, if he's 100% dialed in, focused on the product, which I'm not exactly sure that he is, so I hope that he is, as the third man in the booth, I hope that he is, as he always says, he helps provide the, the, the lyrics for the music and, uh, and can really help the broadcast. Because I think at this point, Excalibur is probably the better guy for the way that wrestling is today. Now, now if we had Morrow here, like Morrow would be the perfect guy. But because of you know all the moves and the fast pace and being able to call the stuff, Excalibur is probably the better guy here. Uh, Jim could probably do an okay job still, 
but I don't think he's really super interested in, you know, learning the names of the 37 moves that he's going to see that are kind of all look the same. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I, that, that's that's intriguing to me. I, I hope that the, the broadcast goes off and I hope that Alex Marvez does a good job. And then, you know, the production and all that stuff, I hope that goes off without a hitch because that's also a part of this, which is different than just you know, doing a, doing a show, right? It's, it's the telecast and it's the, and it's the pay-per-view and it's all of those things is now their job, not just the in-ring. Yeah. And I, I wonder how excited I really is. He's either also to provide the comedy too. Cause I, I think in PWG is pretty funny, yeah. you know, when yeah. stuff. So, and Marvez, how, how does he keep up? Can he keep up? Yep. Um, yep. I want to, God, I, I know we, we keep, hoping to hear it but that vintage jr like you know i think he'll pick his spots i think i think for sure the match with jericho and omega he'll he'll come out you know yeah. i think that that will give him enough storyline depth that really sink his teeth into the same with dustin and cody right i think those two matches you're gonna see the best of jr in. yeah i'm i'm excited and you'll have to be te- you'll have to text me uh, your thoughts on it because I won't be able to watch it probably in, until much later. But um, but yeah, so we will uh, we will talk about it next week for sure. So let's get to Raw. I think this is episode seventeen, and it is one of the more memorable episodes of this season of the nineteen ninety three season. Lots of stuff. Uh, that were mem- that that you know lots of memorable things happened on this show so much so that we wanted to get Alan Forel on with us but he was unable to do it uh, his wife Sarah I think it's her birthday or something he said and happy birthday to Sarah she uh, I like to affectionately call her the MVP from when she was down in uh, in the Bay Area for WrestleMania uh, what was it WrestleMania 31 she was so good with. All of the uh, all of the shows that were going on, she puts together spreadsheets and makes sure everyone gets to go see what they want to see. So she was she was uh, much appreciated that weekend for me. But Alan wasn't here, uh, wasn't able to be here. But he did send some thoughts, so I will read those thoughts at the uh, opportune time. But Raw episode seventeen begins with a recap of the HBK Mr. Perfect brawl from last week. And we got a note, as we always do and as we love, from our buddy Nick uh, Mahmoud. And he said that the car that those guys brawled on top of and busted the window out of was owned by Howard Finkel. (laughs) Howard Finkel did not know that they were going to use his car in this manner. So it was kind of a dick move on WWE. Supposedly, according to Nick... Howard was kind of bragging about this new car, and uh, which put the bullseye on the car, and uh, and yeah, so they pranked Howard by basically destroying his his brand new automobile. I wonder how they got him to do this because like, hey, why don't you park in front of the Manhattan Center? <laughs> or someone stole his keys or something? Or someone said, oh yeah, let me let me park that for you, and they end up like moving it in the front of the building. I guess maybe that's what happened, but that's a cool little side story and uh i just that of course i was thinking of that when that 
was happening when they showed the replay during mm-hmm. the show. Absolutely, yeah, and and then it, in in the Observer from from the same week as this show, Meltzer did say that that was actually what happened. So uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, two weeks in a row, we get to see Lord Al, and he says that there's going to be a surprise to the show that that uh, he wasn't going to say, and so that kind of it kind of leads us to uh, to think, oh, you know, what's going to happen here, and it and it does happen in, in another, in I think in two segments, uh, we get to see the very first raw or the the raw debut of the smoking guns against Glenn Ruth and Tony. I forgot how Vince pronounced his name. Veda or Veda or something like that. Um, who is who is he? I didn't, I didn't recognize him at all. I didn't recognize him either. But I do know Glenn Ruth is uh, Headbanger uh, Mosh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Headbanger, yeah, the Headbanger guy. Um, so the only the you know this was a smoking guns match or Thrasher. That's who it was. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> jumped in there with that. But yeah, that's who he was. The, I don't remember this is. I don't remember this finish. The was it a sunset flip into a pile driver? No, backdrop into a pile backdrop. Oh, that's that's what I meant. Sorry, backdrop into a pile driver. That seemed very dangerous to me when I watched it. Uh, very dangerous. Um, I I've seen it to where it's a backdrop to a power bomb. Yeah. Um, I also seen it to a pile driver later on, but like I, early on, I saw it was the backdrop to a power bomb. Um, the skyscrapers actually did that move one time on a. On a squash match, and you know, I I actually liked the Spoken Guns when I was back in the day. I thought they were fun. I liked their finisher, the Sidewinder, which mm-hmm. they didn't do here. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I was hoping for a damn replay though. I wanted to see like how close Glenn I know. Was, Me too. You know, career is going to end <laughs> there, but they just quickly cut away just in case he was dead. Yeah, so, gosh. Um, but uh, yeah, the Spoken Guns look they look good. They look solid and. Um, Glenn Ruth was uh, making them uh, making them look good too. Like he was, you know, he's 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 pretty talented. And then uh, we had an interview with Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels, and this is uh, where Marty Jannetty comes back. He he wants a match with Shawn, and you know Shawn tries to sort of fight it but he says he's a fighting champion and 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 they eventually make the match as the main event of the show. So you know, you know that it's going to end in a good wrestling match with uh, with Shawn and and Marty to in in the ring as a main event. And yet when I thought about what this show was, I didn't even realize that this was that same show because the thing that I remember most is the next segment with Razor and uh, the 123 kid. Yeah, yeah, this uh, people just kind of forget this classic, you know, title change that was, you know, it was a nice little surprise. I thought Lord Alfred Hayes when he announced that there's a mystery guy here, and you know, he you'll see later. Like, what you think, Macho and Bobby's like, well, who it is? Tell us, you know. Yeah, he just, yeah. just kind of like Nelson it, and then, um, and then this is a good promo by Sean. I thought Sean was really good setting everything up putting hitting all his bullet points saying that he'll defend against anywhere anytime any place and then vince was fantastic i thought with you know really pushing sean's buttons and yep, making him yep. sign the match yep marty was you know he did his best he could you know? <laughs> but people but you know he you know marty's still pretty popular this audience this crowd really loved the surprise yeah the surprise popular. totally they, worked. I mean, you heard that place rumbling like it was exciting this whole this whole this whole hour was uh this crowd was hot. 
And then we set up, got to set up the, uh, the great main event. And the next segment, uh, your favorite segment. <laughs> well, yeah, Alan, Alan Forel's favorite segment for sure. So we've Razor Ramon versus uh, previously he was the Cannonball Kid and the Kamikaze Kid. And Vince is just like, oh, I think he's just the kid. And so he still doesn't even really have the name that he would get after this match. But what's interesting about this is he was not competitive at all in the previous two times that we saw him. So when you go into this match, you're thinking like, ah, Razor's just going to kill him because, you know, that's just, that's been Waltman's role so far is just to get destroyed by the bigger human being. Last week is Mr. Hughes. And so it starts out that way. Like Razor chops the shit out of him twice. And I was just like, oh my God, this poor guy. And then, you know, and then the match is on and, and you know, the famous finish of, of um, you know, the moonsault in, in, into the into the pin. And, you know, I, I think the pin comes a little slow for my taste. But, uh, you know, that it's just like one of the, you know, one of the most shocking moments in this first year of uh, Monday Night Raw. And, and, you know, Waltman today will say that that's kind of what made him, right? Like, all of a sudden this match with Razor Ramon, and this is not Vince McMahon's style necessarily, because, you you know, when is the little guy ever beat the big guy in Vince McMahon's WWF? Uh, so, oh, I, I, you know, I almost want, I don't know if anyone has ever asked Vince, but like, what was the reason? Like, whose decision, you know, obviously it was Vince's decision, but who talked him into this? Or was this his idea? Like, all of those things. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I, I wish I probably, I probably, I'm sure Sean has talked about this in the past, so I, I probably should have tried to do some research there. But those were the questions that came out after this match, you know, as, as far as why Sean won. Yeah, like 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 Sean Waltman doesn't look like the stereotypical guy that Vince was signed, right? So like, what was it that, or anyone anyone created? What was it that they saw that they saw that this kid this this kid could be a star here at WWE? Like went through all that creative process. I thought it was you know brilliant to have him be just get his ass kicked two weeks in a row, then finally pull out this big upset. Um, I thought the finish was executed. Over, you know, really good. I, I just that moonsault was like perfect. Not 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 that it had this beautiful arc arc, and it was you know, but like his like leg like hits Razor right in the face, and like knocks. That's what makes that move. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they were planning it that way. I don't think. But like you know, like is he hits him with the like his knee hits Razor's face, and he covers him, and you know, Razor does look kind of a comical kind of like legs, you know kick in you know you can't yeah but but like it was cool the crowd the crowd went nuts what a huge pop that was and what a surprise and and what is really really good stuff and i I really loved it (laughs) so i'm gonna read uh i i told alan to send me a paragraph and he sent me like uh i don't know 300 words or something so i'm gonna read this i don't know if i'll do it justice the way that he wrote it so for for those of you who don't know and i don't know why you wouldn't uh al farrell has a has a podcast with the torch it, it is uh alan uh alan's pro wrestling paradise and john was a guest on it a few weeks ago so if you are a torch member uh, check that out. You'll get to hear Alan. He's like the most passionate wrestling fan you'll ever find. And he's also been, you know, I when I first started Fight Game Blog, uh, which will soon become Fight Game Media, 
he was the guy who I was like, hey, you know, you're such a cool dude and you're so passionate, you know, come write. Like, I don't know what we're going to do, but let me know if you want to write. And so he's been, you know, we started in like 09. So, he, you know, he, I've known him now for like 10 years and uh, and he's just a great dude. So check him out, support him. Now I'm going to read this this whole thing. The skies over Majorca were dark, but it but it was with the speed of light that I weaved between the stacks of sunbeds overlooking the cool water of the swimming pool. The water was still bar a slight ripple brought about by the evening breeze, but my seven-year-old legs were anything but still. I ran as fast as I could, one step after the next, with a singular goal, a singular purpose in mind. I had to share my joy. I had to share my excitement. I made it to the stairwell of the Ola Club Carolina Apart Aparthal I don't even know how to pronounce that name and went up what seemed like endless flights to get to my destination once I did I knocked on the door relentlessly until it was answered the door opened and my holiday pal answered I'd known him for barely a few days but for seven year olds that may well have been a decade regardless I knew him well enough to know that he needed to know the information that I was about to share him share with him Wrestling is on in the TV lounge, and it's Monday Night Raw. Back down the stairs, back past the pool, back through the sunbeds. But this time, it was four legs running instead of two as I attempted to return to my incredible discovery, and he sought to see if this amazing turn of events was indeed true. All the while, I screamed about how Marty Jannetty had returned. Breathless, we arrived at the TV lounge and filtered in among the crowd of older kids who had prime viewing position. Some of them were excited. Most were nonplussed about the whole thing. For me, this was a seminal moment in my life. Monday Night Raw. This was a treat, the likes of which didn't exist at home in a world of following wrestling via WWF Magazine and weekend morning episodes of Superstars and Challenge. Things started to settle down for me, though, as Razor Ramon emerged for his squash match appearance of the night. His scrawny opponent was shown on screen, and one of the older kids piped up to let us all know this wimp didn't stand a chance against Razor. Five minutes later, that has never happened before, I shouted as I watched for the first time as a jobber beat a star. I freaked out in every conceivable way. It didn't stop there, though, did it? Marty Jannetty had returned, and he would be challenging Shawn Michaels in the main event. What an exciting main event it was. And then Marty shocked the world and won the Intercontinental title with the help of Mr. Perfect. I have no memories from that point forward, but I could only assume the next morning I did a lightning-style Lightning Kid style moonsault into the pool. So we gave away the main event. Well, we, we kind of gave it away already. But uh, that was Alan's memories of this Monday Night Raw that he got to watch as a seven-year-old child, writing as passionately as he only can. What'd you think of that that whole thing? Oh, it's beautiful. I want to hear it again. That's how I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to listen to the show. Yeah, so no, was, he's, that was the best. He was so <laughs> passionate, and he got me just excited to like to re. I want to rewatch that match. I now, wish I could have watched it through his seven-year-old eyes. That's what I yeah, wish I watched. Man, it. what a what? I mean, I, re- I remember because like you know, I saw the Lightning Kid on Global. Cause yep, I watched everything. Yep, right, me too. So when he we got that win, I was like, oh, thank goodness, you know, like because he's I, I liked him then, and I thought he was just getting his ass kicked in WWF. It was such a sort of brilliant booking by WWF and and you know I guess you know I guess he had a tryout with like WCW and I, I think it was in 92 maybe and they didn't pick him up and you know so shame on WCW but you know WWF saw something in him and he ended up being uh, 
a big star with them and, and taking that that stardom and taking them to WCW and adding to that. And he came back and adding more to his, uh, his career. He had a really good career. So the next match is uh, my favorite, Tatanka versus the, the uh, future Scotty Tuhati, Scott Taylor. You know who's high on Scotty Tuhati here is Big Dave in the Observer that week. He was just like, oh, you know, Scott Taylor, you know, jobber, so much promise, you know, in, in Scott Taylor. So Big Dave was really high on him. And, you know, this really good squash match. Like, you know, we've been saying these actually last few weeks that these job matches have been actually really, really good. And these guys are getting over, you know, they look like a million bucks in these matches in thanks to guys like Scott Taylor. Yeah, they're booking guys that can go, and Scott Taylor definitely can go. And you can see it here. Like, he really put over to Tonka Strong. The only problem is this match should have been a lot shorter, went a little too long. Uh, but, like, other than that, like, Scott Taylor's bumping his ass off. I mean, that, that huge killer backdrop he took over the top rope, the backdrop he took in the ring, um, you know, snap bumping on those on those, those schoolboy bumps on those chops, making them look just devastating the only thing just went a little too long and you could tell like i think at one point like Tonga like picks him up and like whips the ropes just like, gives him like this back elbow like this like i don't know what else to do here <laughs> we got more time to kill you know instead of, like just grabbing a hold maybe but uh but yeah it was, it was a hell of a performance by scott taylor and you can see why he was always booked on tv's do jobs and continued to be well liked within the company and end up getting a spot and getting a character and having a nice little run and now coaching at the performance center so the king of the ring report is next and mean gene is basically saying you know the streets are talking the newspapers are writing about it the tv shows are talking about the king of the ring tournament and i remember when i was younger going like where like i haven't heard anything and all i do is listen to the radio um so he was lying to us but why isn't Ray Fossey talking about this on Channel Two? Yeah, I know, I know. Where, where's uh, where's uh, uh, Gary Radnich talking? You know, talking about it on KMBR. Yeah. Um. So the matches that we have set for the tournament: Brett versus Razor, Hacksaw versus Bam Bam Bigelow, and Lex versus Tatanka are the matches that Mean Gene said are taking place. There is a qualifying match between HBK and Crush. Which kind of I, I, did that give away the finish of the match? Like, why would the Intercontinental Champion be in the King of the Ring? But maybe maybe they could could have done that. Um, and then Kamala versus Mr. Hughes. Those are qualifying matches to make the fourth match in the tournament. And uh, and yeah, so I mean, it's like super fun. Like I I mean I've seen this show like a bunch of times, but I'm I'm actually kind of excited to watch it again. Well, doesn't Crush and Shawn Michaels lead into like a singles match with the Intercontinental Title on that show? Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't remember how. I mean, I specifically yeah. have not looked at the 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 what because that they thing is again. Yeah, because they ha- advertise perfect and doink too again. That's to right. The king. So, I think that leads into because Shawn ends up getting the belt back in early June. Yeah, and on a house show with the with the debut of Diesel as his bodyguard. So, oh shit, Diesel's coming in already. Yep, yep, pretty soon here, and um, with the, you know, because Mario held the belt for like two weeks, I think. Oh, okay. If, if that, I, so. I, I remembered it being short. I just didn't remember when they, when they switched again. Yeah. So yeah, who's talking about this? Who's talking about this card other than all the newspapers? But I mean, like, <laughs> look at some of these matches, man. It's like you know, Razor and Sh- Brett. You know, they had a good. That was, I mean, Rumble. that was where yeah, the Royal Rumble main event. 
Um, I, I mean, I remember being excited for Luger and Tatanka, you know, because I was a Luger fan and I also liked Tatanka a lot. Plus, like, you know, both men are undefeated, so that was pretty cool. We see what they do there. We'll talk about that when we get there. But, like, um, yeah, man, this is uh, shaping up to be a nice, nice card. I remember being super pumped for King of the Ring because I would read the old results about the other tournaments, which would be great hidden gems for them to release. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because like right now, because like remember this is the the original, the first ever, right? This is not, the, you know, they've been doing this since like eighty seven or maybe eighty six, right? So it's pretty funny. And the next match is Kamala versus uh, Yokozuna, and it's kind of interesting because um, like Yoko sells for Kamala early on in this match. Like Kamala's like a, a supreme badass, which not to say that he uh, wasn't or he couldn't have been, but. Uh, at this time, this version of Kamala, not that impressive. Uh, we don't actually, you know, uh, it doesn't seem like they really know what they want to do with him. But, you know, they do the little football tackle spots. And Yokozuna is so much bigger than Kamala at this point. And yet, you know, he sells a couple of times for him, like as if, you know, Kamala was almost going to knock him off of his feet. But, you know, it turns into a quick a quick win for Yokozuna. He does the bonsai drop in the corner. But it was it was kind of fun. I liked it. I liked the 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 toe-to-toe stuff that they did early on. Yeah, I like this match. I like that this match was uh, definitely, definitely was really good, you know, and, you know, Yoko gave him, you know, gotta give Kamala something, he's gonna do a clean job. I think, this, is this his first ever job on TV? I wonder, like, clean job on TV. I mean, I'll have to talk to her. Or, yeah, we'll have to ask Nick. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, uh, it was good. I liked it. It, it was the, the timing, the time of the match was, was, was good. Um, you know, some things got a little goofy. I mean, so, I mean, Kamala's, Kamala's overhead chops you know, <laughs> either would look good or, or not. And by the way, you don't feel none of those. Uh, you can't, I mean, when I, when I did that thing with Kamala, I didn't feel it. Didn't feel anything he did to me. Yeah. You can go and, back in the archives to hear John's story about, uh, what is his name? Jim Harris. Yeah, Jim, Jim. Harris. And Kamala versus Billy Blade in Alpha Wrestling, where I was <laughs> under the mask as Kim Chi. Yes. So yes. But uh, yeah, it's a, this is a fun little match, and I just, uh, just to me, still kind of shocking seeing Kamala do a job on TV. You know. You know the other but, thing that's interesting about this is they they make it's very apparent that Hogan is not there. And Vince mentions that he's not there. He meant he, well. Bobby mentions that uh, Fuji told him that Yoko's going to be even bigger, mm-hmm. and then Vince says that he heard the opposite of Hogan, and that Hogan is actually trimming down, which you know probably makes sense considering Hogan, you know, was gone for steroid problems, <laughs> and then you know, yeah, he's slimming down. So, uh, so but. You know, it's very clear that Hogan is not there, yet these shows have generally been pretty fun. Um, and they've even been decently rated, though, uh, last week's show, because it had gone up against the NBA playoffs, was like the second lowest Raw ever. And so Dave thought that that's why they kind of stacked this show up to, to, you know, to be as good as it was, was because, you know, they, it was it was uh, falling in the ratings a bit. But, yeah, I kind of compared it to, you know, whenever Brock Lesnar is champion and he's not on the show every week you can still make guys, right? Like, like just because your champion isn't on the show doesn't mean that you can't make guys because we're seeing, you know, Brett still over like crazy, Tatanka, you know, Mr. Perfect, Lex. Now, they're not 
they're, 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 they are not selling out houses with these guys on top, but there is still a valid, uh, I'm sorry, a valiant attempt to make guys. And, and that's something that WWF doesn't really do today. Uh, you know, and then they would say, oh, well, we're so much more, you know, we're, we're so much more successful now in 93. And they're, they're absolutely right. But as a wrestling fan, I'm looking going like, there is an attempt to get guys over on this show, which I do not see on Monday Night Raw today. Well, like this last like few weeks, this feels like it's been the Sean show, right? Yep. Like heavily featured. I feel like he's like the guy in the WWF right now, right? That's what it feels like because every show has been built around him, and including this one. So yeah, you're right. This, but you know, you, you don't need the champion on every show. We, I've we've seen that if if you've been watching wrestling long enough, you know, Hogan was always on TV at a promo, or sometimes he didn't have a promo. Um, Flair sometimes, you know, didn't have to wrestle on TV. He had a promo. So, and it, it gives you time to focus on guys you're building up for future contenders. Yep. So the main event is Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Marty wins the title. Uh, Mr. Perfect comes in. The thing that I don't really get is it seems like they're building for Sean and Perfect, mm-hmm. yet Perfect helps Marty win the title. I would have assumed that he would have wanted the title himself, but um, you know he's just more upset at Sean and makes and wants Sean to lose so badly that. He is totally fine with Marty winning this match, and he throws a towel at Sean. Sean, Sean kind of bumps off of the towel and take, it falls backwards and gets pinned. The um, right before though, it seems like Sean's gonna win this match because he rolls it. You know, they, they do the roll up, and then Sean just like exposes Marty's entire ass and pulling the tights. And Bobby says that you know it was almost ten o'clock, so we were gonna see a moon sighting, you know, no matter what. And I, th- I actually thought, I was like, oh, wow, did did I forget? And Sean actually wins this match with the tight pull. So it even fooled me, you know, even though I sort of knew what was going to happen. But uh, overall, like, you know, I think it was one of those exciting moments um, on live TV that would be the normal thing, you know, five years down the road with both WWE and WW, uh, WCW trying to create these moments like, you got a legitimate moment at the end of this show. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a nice capture, great show. Uh, you know, is nice hot, sh- nice little spark, the light under Marge Denny and his return. You get continuation of the feud, a program between Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. Uh, they know obviously that this is not going to be. It's going to be a short little run, and with Marty, so they're not worried about that. It doesn't hurt Shawn. Um, at all because he's going to win it back in a couple weeks. Um, the only negative that I see of this was, and I know in the future that when they finally do have their matches, this is a huge disappointment between Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam. So, uh, but yeah, everything else like Shawn was fantastic. Marty was really good. The, the crowd was awesome. I was just loving that this crowd is popping off simple near falls. Like, yep. you know, and they were so into it. What it, it it would have been so so much fun to be at this this crowd, you know, being with these audience watching this match because they're just absolutely into everything. And and Sean once again puts on a great performance. And yeah, I mean, they end up coming back for a rematch later on in a few in the, in a month or so with the, a better match. So I can't wait to see that one again because that's one of the best matches in '93 for U.S. television. So um, I I I thought the work was fantastic. I thought. Uh, I thought Marty looked really good, and and 
Dude, God, Marty was so talented. It's just too bad his demons always got him in trouble. I think he was fired for the most times in WWF history, right? Like it was at record. So, uh, what a what a good show, man. So <clears throat> that is, you know, yeah, it's probably one of the best shows that we've done so far, or that we've rewatched so far. And are probably in the top three at least. Um, so, just a couple of follow up notes. Uh, in the Observer, Dave talks about uh, Tiger Hattori being the referee of the Yokozuna and and uh, Hulkster match. And, and so Dave says it could be one of three things why he is the referee in this match. He says the first one could be that Hogan wanted to use a heel Japanese ref as a way for him to lose via screw job since he just agreed to do a new mo- movie over the summer um, and then does not have to job to Bret Hart. <laughs> and he said the second reason is that it could be teased that there will be a heel Japanese ref to add to a storyline to the match that needs, you know, that needs a little bit of oomph to go more than seven minutes, but then Hogan wins. He said the third one, and this was actually the most interesting one to me, was that it could be the beginning of a new business relationship between the two biggest money promotions in the world, New Japan and WWF, which, if it happens, would cut WCW out of significant revenue stream and out of Japanese talent, which it never used correctly to begin with, and would enable Titan to use Great Muda, Just Jushin Liger, etc. on big shows. The scenario is feasible since there has to be some question about continuing the relationship with WCW when the only WCW name New Japan pushes is Sting, and the contract renewed on March 31st, 1993 for one year has already technically been violated when Vader worked for a rival office in Japan. It should be noted that Antonio Inoki and Vince McMahon Sr. had a long time working agreement, which dissolved under Junior in the mid 80s when Junior wanted to work with nobody. WWF's recent business downswing has changed that attitude with working deals with USWA already in evidence. So, how, I mean, that would have been crazy if it was the third thing. Uh, it, it ends up, you know, Meltzer's right on the money with the first thing uh, of being the reason. But, geez, that third thing, I was, I was starting to salivate a little bit. Yeah, that would have been nuts. But can you see Shushin Thunder Liger in WBF? Like, what, well, he would face uh, the, the Lightning Kid. He's like, well, it's true. He did. But can you see, like, um, son, I have this costume. It's called Max Moon. <laughs> I think you'd be perfect for it. <laughs> oh, man, I know. I know it wouldn't have worked, but I just it was just kind of crazy thought. I was like, wow, great Muda. Muda being Bret great Hart, for WWF. You know? Yeah, it been awesome. Yeah, um, I, yeah so, uh, so we are done here. Um, like I said, I'll be in Vegas. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, R-O-H-E-B-L-A-U-S, and also Fight Game Media, I will be tweeting stuff and... And, you know, stuff from Double or Nothing, stuff from The weekend. Uh, I'll probably be at StarCast at some point just checking out stuff more on Sunday than uh, than on Saturday. Also going to a Hieroglyphics uh, hip-hop show on Sunday night. So lots of stuff going on this weekend. And, uh, and yeah, so we will, uh, we will have the full kind of recap uh, review of Double or Nothing on next week's show. And John will have the broadcast view and i will have the live view so we'll have uh we'll have a nice little recap yeah that's gonna be uh I, I, it's gonna be a big weekend for professional wrestling and uh i hope everyone supports aew i think it's a good thing and and i'd love to hear people's thoughts on the show 
All right, for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.